Hey everyone, this is Mike. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about the different legal structures of a business. There are four basic legal forms of business organizations. The first is the sole proprietorship. The second is the partnership, of which there are a few different types. The third is the corporation, of which there are a few different types. And the fourth is the limited liability company, or the LLC. Now, all of these forms of business organizations um, are universal, uh, meaning you can find them in any one of the states in the country. However, they are creatures of statute, which means that uh, their characteristics might differ uh, from one state to another. So it's very important to consult with an attorney in the state in which you wish to set up an organization before you leap to any conclusions because uh, the laws that apply in one state, for example, with respect to a general partnership may vary uh, dramatically um, in another state. So again, very important to consult with an attorney in the state in which you would wish to set up the organization. Let's begin with the sole proprietorship. The sole proprietorship has two main characteristics. The first is that the individual and the business are one and the same for tax and legal liability purposes. So what I mean to say here is that the proprietorship itself does not pay taxes as a separate entity. The individual, however, reports all income and deductible expenses for the business on Schedule C of their 1040 personal income tax return. Legal claimants, those who have a cause of action against a sole proprietor, can pursue all assets of that owner, not simply the assets used in the business. Um, and that, uh, that principle right there is one of the reasons why uh, many people are discouraged from forming a sole proprietorship. The second characteristic of the sole proprietorship is that the earnings of the business are taxed to the individual regardless of whether they are actually distributed in cash. Um, so there is no vehicle for sheltering income from tax. Now moving on to the partnership. Um, there are a few different types of partnerships. The first is a general partnership. The second is a limited partnership. And the third is a limited liability partnership. I want to talk um, in a little more detail about the general partnership and the limited partnership. I'm not going to get into um, any discussion about the limited liability partnership. So, uh, the general partnership, what are some of the key characteristics? In a general partnership, the business entity uh, consists of two or more owners. So um, essentially, it takes two to tango. You need a minimum of two owners in order to establish a general partnership. The earnings are distributed according to the partnership agreement, and that's why it's essential to have a um, a solid partnership agreement. Third, the taxes are paid only at the personal level on the partner's share of that income. The fourth characteristic is that each of the partners is jointly and severally liable. Um, 
And what that means is that if a claimant files a cause of action against a general partnership, um, joint and several liability means that one of the partners could be liable not only for his or her share, but also for the share of the other partners if those other partners default. Um, so let's assume a situation where there are two partners in a general partnership and a claimant uh, files a lawsuit against the partnership. It would seem uh, logical that each partner is liable for 50% of any recovery that the claimant receives. But um, while that is, you know, while that is true, um, it also means joint and several liability that if one of the partners defaults and doesn't pay his or her share, 50% share, then the other partner could be on the hook for the defaulting partner's share. And the only way that there can be justice, so to speak, where the one where the partner who has paid everything um, can get the 50% back that he wasn't liable for is by suing, countersuing the other partner. And that would be a separate cause of action. So um, essentially, an injured party may pursue one or more of the partners for any amount. And that's what's meant by the theory of joint and several liability. Moving on to limited partnership, some of the characteristics are that taxes are paid only at the personal level on the partner's share of that income. A second characteristic, there are both limited and general partners. Um, when it comes to general partner partners, they assume management responsibility and unlimited liability for the business. The limited partner has no voice in management and is legally liable only for the amount of capital contribution plus any other debt specifically accepted in the partnership agreement. Moving on to corporations. Um, as you might recall, I mentioned that there are a few different types of corporations. Um, we're going to discuss the main types. Um, they are the C corporation and the S corporation. So the C corporation is the most common legal structure for a large business. A corporation's owners are generally protected from personal liability. So that's one of the main benefits of forming a C corporation. Um, it's what we call the corporate veil where the corporation's owners are generally protected from personal liability. Um, because the corporation is basically considered to be a, a creature of its own, um, of, it, of its own. So it's considered uh, for all intents and purposes as a separate uh, entity from the owners, from the shareholders rather themselves. Now, you might uh, have noticed that I said generally that the corporation's owners are generally protected from personal liability. What I mean to suggest there is that there is a theory on, in the law called piercing the corporate veil. So while the uh, shareholders are generally protected from any, uh, any claims that are brought from an injured party, there is a way for the, the injured party to pierce the corporate veil 
and um, attempt to recover from the individual shareholders uh, themselves and not just the corporation. Um, I can give you um, an example of that. Uh, one example that comes right to mind is when the shareholders are uh, mixing uh, money in uh, money of their own with the corporation's um, assets, um, essentially where the corporation's uh, uh, financial accounts uh, not uh, uh, consist not only of the corporation's um, uh, gross income, but uh, when the shareholders are mixing some of their private uh, funds with the corporation's funds. Uh, that's one way that the uh, injured party might be able to pierce the corporate veil. There are others as well. In exchange for this protection, the C corporation is a tax-paying entity. A corporation must pay taxes on its income. So again, it's treated as a uh, as a separate uh, entity and as a creature um, of its own uh, of its own making. Because the business doesn't get any deduction for dividends paid, uh, the earnings of a corporation are considered to be taxed twice. First, the corporation pays a tax on its income, and secondly, when the corporation um, declares dividends to the shareholders, the owners. Uh, that is, the shareholders must pay tax on the part of the corporation's earnings that is distributed to them as dividends. So that's one of the drawbacks of a corporation, this idea that the earnings are taxed twice, once at the corporate level, and second, whenever the corporation declares a dividend, um, the shareholders then must pay taxes on the uh, corporation's earnings that are distributed to them as dividends. Now for the S corporation. So here are some of the characteristics of the S corporation. Taxes are paid only at the personal level on the partner's share of that income. So earnings of the business are taxed to the individual. Second, the corporation's owners are generally protected from personal liability. To qualify for S-Corporation tax status, the business must meet um, a few conditions contained in the Internal Revenue Code. And there are about five conditions here, and I'll rattle them off for you. Um, again, this is to qualify for S-Corporation status. The business has to satisfy these five conditions. It must have only one class of stock, although differences in voting rights are permitted. Second, it must be a domestic corporation owned wholly by U.S. citizens, and it can derive no more than 80% of its revenues from non-U.S. or foreign sources. Third, it, um, that there is a cap of 75 stockholders, so there can be no more than 75 stockholders in order to, in order for there to be an S corporation uh, or in order for there for the corporation to qualify for S corporation tax status. Fourth, the corporation must derive no more than 25% of its revenues from passive sources. By passive sources, what we're talking about here is interest, dividends, and rents. And finally, 
the corporation must have only individuals, estates, and certain trusts as shareholders. Um, a corporation, neither a corporation nor a partnership can be a shareholder. Um, now for the election of S corporation tax status. How is that done? Well, it requires unanimous and timely consent of all shareholders. Um, the status of an S corporation may be terminated by unanimous election or if one or more of the above conditions that I just discussed is broken. Now we move on to the limited liability company. Um, this is a very popular uh, business structure. And what it is essentially is a business structure that's designed to protect its owners from liability and from double taxation. Um, who could ask for anything more? <laughs> Those are uh, usually the two main uh, things that um, business owners are interested in um, in uh, limiting when they when they um, start looking at different business uh, structures. Owners of an LLC are not, and I repeat, they are not individually liable for the company's debts. The limited liability company is not a tax-paying entity. So that is the biggest difference between the LLC and the corporation. Whereas the corporation is a tax-paying entity, the LLC is not. So what that means is that income, income taxes are paid once, and they are paid by the owners of the LLC when a part of the company's earnings is distributed to them. So there is no issue here about double taxation, where the corporation has to pay its share of taxes, and then the shareholders have to pay their share of taxes when the, uh, whenever there's a distribution in the form of dividends to the shareholders. The existence of an LLC depends on compliance with the state limited liability company law. That's why, as you might recall at the beginning, I said that um, these, these different business entities are uh, creatures of statute, in this case state statute, and that's why it's critical that you consult with an attorney in the state in which you want to form such entity because what uh, might be the status of the law in this in one state is not necessarily the status of the law in another state um, because again the legislature has the right to um, you know to uh, draft different uh, compliance conditions when it comes to these different business entities so again um, you can't take anything for granted and it's critical to consult with an attorney most laws um, do not have restrictions on the number and type of owners uh, when it comes to LLC, like the restrictions that limit S corporations. So an LLC is, um, you know, has got several, um, several good qualities um, from protecting its owners from liability to protecting the, um, protecting the company from double taxation. And um, it's definitely one of the more popular types of business entities that um, business owners look at when they choose to form a business organization. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to give me a holler. 
and I'll be more than happy to uh, discuss anything um, that pertains um, particularly to setting up a business entity in New Jersey uh, where I'm based.